to another funeral episode of the Slide of Hand podcast. <laughs> Last week was a very tough and a emotional, even for me, believe it or not, playing DM. It's you get into a place where you don't want to nerf a monster's ability and you want to try to play the monster as true as possible. And there was times where I missed triggers, which it didn't. It wouldn't have mattered. But the amount of how sideways that got quick, <laughs> I wasn't expecting for uh, Johnny to throw Garg. I actually was thinking it was going to be more of a diplomatic feel. Yes, the Remorazes were always going to be, be in the room. Um whether or not they triggered insider info, I wasn't really, it was on the rocks whether or not that was actually going to happen. But lighting up the freaking floor of ice uh, with fire, I think realistically that would have triggered things burrowed under the ground. And that's when that started coming into play. But I kind of wanted to ask maybe one at a time, both uh, as a player and as a character, um so like thomas what were you thinking like yeah what were you <laughs> and i well like seriously because johnny i've always known johnny to be diplomatic this was the first time i think in a while if ever that he chose combat first that i can remember yeah johnny generally tends towards the diplomatic but this was an occasion of very recently having confirmed that this was the new target is that this was the person who was causing pain and suffering and seen a really prime example of, you know, Johnny's fought giants. He knows we can take giants pretty simply. And here's Shara, who he's now found out as a doppelganger. He knows we can take doppelgangers. We've done it easily enough in the past. And so, you know, this was a simple, you know, should have been a simple just take them out in a round or two what turned into, you know, a much bigger encounter we almost had the giant in that first round, and you know I was feeling good. It was, I think you were four hit points shy from yeah. round round one killing a frost giant. Which uh-huh. you look back 15, 20 episodes ago, that was you one frost giant was bad news bears. Mm. So, mm-hmm. uh, Christopher R. I. P. Randall, yeah, R. I. P. Randall, <laughs> uh, bouncing over to Christopher. You know, I know outside of game we've talked, you're not a huge combat guy. You're very passionate about your characters and what they do thematically. So I know you've had literally, because we do these in sessions, uh, literally a half hour to kind of process that. And I wasn't expecting anyone to die tonight. So kind of being on the fly and trying to really give death justice has been uh, something trying for me as a DM, but how do you, do you feel like there were some things about Garg that you wanted to happen that just didn't get to happen? Do you think that that's kind of how he wanted to go out in the blaze of glory, um, both literally and figuratively, but. Without being bitter. <laughs> yeah, no. I wouldn't describe that as a blades of glory because that would imply that there was victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And rather, 
honestly, I feel like Garg was simply a death of circumstance, which is reality, and that can't be ignored. Um, I think it's unfortunate, given who he was, and that he was living for those who could depend on him. Um, his backstory, I appreciated how you articulated it, was he had left his tribe, but not for any um, unsatisfactory reasons, um, no ill content, but just the longing for something new and the potential to bring something greater back. Um, and I think that's a sentiment a lot of people have, and unfortunately some of them don't come back, and Garg was one of those. And he was my first one in the sense that I've actually never experienced a player death. Um, that was my Garg will now be enshrined as the first player character I've actually had die and not come back. Um, especially with him being incinerated in this sense. So, um, and those are part of the things that I love about D&D and it's now also a thing that I hate about it. Um, yeah. I love that you have these overarching goals and there are forces that can either get you there or impede your progress to get there. Mm -hmm. And there is no guarantee that you'll get there tomorrow. And I, I love and hate that reflection of our own reality. Yeah. So. And uh, I'm going to skip over Justin right now because I want <laughs> Justin's emotion to kind of play out in what we're about to happen. But I'm going to skip to Isaiah before we get back into the heat of the moment um isaiah i know that cal was also kind of a newer ripe character to the podcast mm -hmm. um i mean what's kind of going on in your head as far as is cal leaving and how he left <clears throat> uh similarly to chris this was my first player death as well um, like ever, any podcast, any game, home play. Yeah, um, in the one that I was in with my friends from high school, um, I wrote out my character because one of my friends was DMing, and then I took over DMing for the next segment. So I just kind of wrote my character out. So yeah, yeah. I mean, in universe they died, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It's because I decided that they they just weren't part of the story anymore. Yeah. Um, but this was the one, first one that um, uh, died in combat, um, and it was, he, he, he tried to escape, but just, he didn't have the right tools to um, get out of the situation, um, and he tried to help everyone right before the end with the Massacre wounds, just to give one last uh, ditch effort. Um, but then when he got swallowed up the second time, he that was when he kind of realized that. He was like, you know what? Everything has its end. This is mine. I uh, noticed that you kind of, you role-played it as he, like, was at peace with it, what was going to happen. Yeah. You did, like, there was no, I'm going to try to hack out of here, nothing. It was, I'm just going to go. Mm -hmm. So I actually was surprised by that. Um, and, a, you know, little stat block information. If you do 30 damage inside the Remoraz, they throw you up. 
but he's like, dang it, everything you do is fire. <laughs> I have a few things that aren't fire, but yeah. they weren't gonna get thirty. To 30. And I, I didn't know what the threshold was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew that they yeah. would throw you up out of. It was a character. threshold, and then I got to roll a save to see if you stayed oh. in. So it was very tough, but there was mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just I was like. I was very shaky. I had to go outside and cool down because, mm-hmm. you know, you never start a game going, hey, I'm going to kill everyone. Like, that's not my goal. My goal is to push a story and tell a good story. Mm-hmm. And this is part of a good story, even though it's unfortunate and it's sad. So, And uh, Cal, and I think semi-similarly to Estella, um, had a, a different view on death than most people probably would have. In universe, everything has its time. If something is supposed to be dead, it should remain dead. Or if it should still be alive, then it it should be brought back. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not Fluffy was um, <laughs> one of those <laughs> is um, uh, up for debate. Um, hotly contested, so I hear. Um, you get to weigh in on the matter if you support us on <laughs> Patreon and oh, <laughs> SOH Network. Um, but he he escaped death once by teleporting out, but the second time he just didn't he, he yeah. didn't have a way out, and so he just wanted to go out doing what he loved, eating good berries. <laughs> I feel uh, that 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 was that was rough. Yeah, that really was like he gave oh. half to the thing that. I just am very visual, and mm-hmm. I was like, it was just, like a teardrop. I, I, I just imagine him just kind of, not sad, but just... Uh, but accepting? Accepting and at peace inside the Remoraz, even though he's being dissolved as he's doing it, and he's just like, you know what, I'm just going to have one last meal, and... Give half my good berries to yeah, and you had to do that. That was even more like yeah, uh, <laughs> like he's sharing with his little buddy. Yeah, yeah, like we're going out together in the blaze of glory, and you really did. You uh, ascended on the wings of a phoenix, so it was yeah. glorious and beautiful. Yeah, I enjoyed playing Cal. He was fun. Um, it's yeah. thirty day money back guarantee for pennies, <laughs> or nah, nah. He was a good character. Um, fun subclass to play. Um, it's still in Unearthed you know, Arcana. Yeah, that was uh, our first Unearthed mm-hmm. Arcana. I think on the. I podcast. would say it's a little strong, but it's still very fun. Is was it's a pain. <laughs> it was so strong. So, so we're gonna take us to a scene, and this scene is a. Apparently, uh, apparently we yeah, don't I, get opinions. No, no, I didn't no. get to talk about my character. Huh. You live. I don't even get to talk about my Dutch character. is alive. Dutch is yeah. Dutch is alive. Yeah, Stella. Stella. I'm talking about the last episode, not about. Yeah. The, Stella, 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 Stella never got a funeral. What do you want to say about Estella? No, okay. okay. <laughs> um, That's why I figured. That's why I didn't say anything. I'm just saying. I'm confused. In all this, Estella technically is just on another plane and dead. Uh, the way I see this. The way I see this is that she's in a better place now. The this reminds me of a quote that I saw once, where it's 
these the way I view these guys are our heroes, and sometimes heroes make sacrifices. And hopefully, with everything turning out, hopefully good, uh, the good guys will win, and they'll be able to cheer. But the heroes will never be able to know if their sacrifice was worth anything. And it's, it's kind of a bitch. It is. It really is. So hopefully the whatever is left in this Molly crew of faithful Jaegers, I wouldn't say faithful, but they're Jaegers, yeah. <laughs> can actually do something with that. I feel that. Do you have your piece, Justin? <laughs> so I, I won't say anything in character at all, but just as a, as a player and a DM, it's really... Yeah, I've had I've had characters, player characters die in home games, and you know I've been somewhat fortunate in that that my the the ones that I've played for a relatively long time have tended to be okay. I've had some that you know you get six sessions in and tactical error or they're kind of low level, so you screw up on a couple traps, and all of a sudden you're you know you get kicked down a ravine and you're that's it um it sucks but you know as a player having having to make the choice you know justin having to make the choice to like okay <laughs> like what would my character do in this situation what what do i because it's is it, you, you try not to be too meta with everything but it is still a game and I still, as as a player, can look at all of my things that I can do, and it's like, okay, I've got literally nothing to help the situation other than, like, die with them in solidarity, and like, you know, would they, would they even want that? Even well, well that? It, like, it, yeah, it, yeah, and and yeah, not not getting into what my character thinks, but just as a player, it's just like I don't want anyone else's character to die but it's also like yeah it, as, as a dm too it's just sometimes it just happens and whether it's tactical error or the dice you know i, I had a, at a home game i had a, i killed a player that was made a poor decision and you know i gave it, it was a, a series of roles to see what would happen and the first role they didn't stop what they were doing and then you know it it, it and the dice basically were so far against them that there was nothing, nothing to do, and it just—it's just a reality of the game. Yeah. Sometimes. It really is. So we flash to a black <clears throat> and gray room with red rugs and sheets as Silvana walks up to the bed and she starts getting dressed you hear you hear water. let me get through this you hear uh, water running you see steam kind of filling the room as uh, the water shuts off you see a uh, robed Adam walking out of the room. Well, sweetie, 
I have a gift for you. A gift? What'd you bring me this time? It's actually downstairs. I think that we'll finally have what what you've wanted for you to lead. You'll finally have Lavertil. Let's go. And he puts out his arm to, like... Yeah, embrace yeah. Silvana. She takes you down the hallways, uh, down the spiraling stone stairs to a caged metal um, cell. And she creaks open the door. And you look over at the wall. And you see an old familiar friend. Does uh, Adam uh, recognize the yes tune? You look as the lights kind of peer through the top of this what seems to be a never-ending ceiling just kind of like light rays very faintly pointing down and you see a very dirty older man with a patch over one of his eyes what eye i don't know he swaps it he swaps it yeah if i could reach him his right eye stage left stage left This will be our blood offering. This will be how Orcus comes back. This will give you the throne of Lavertil, and the demon lord will be present in Alanisork. You see, the Bennett family has given my family hell for quite some time. Haven't you, Cree? Adam, do you hear... Do you hear a whining? I... Oh. Little child. How are you? I'm doing fine. No, I wasn't talking to you. Yes? That's how you are, child. I'll be fine when you're dead. Hmm. Do you know the tune that I was just humming? Your funeral song, I suppose. Hmm. You're not very familiar with our legends and lore, are you? All I know is that Father didn't much like you. What about you, Adam? you catch my ditty? Did Adam recognize the tune? Or the song that he was humming? Yeah. What was it about? (laughs) (laughs) I totally know. Tell me everything. Yeah, so you would know. Child, if you spent any amount of time... (laughs) (laughs) Child, if you had spent any amount of time on the sea, you'd be familiar with the the dirge of Redmire Bay. 
Oh, yes. I made a song about me. When the ships came sailing in, little did they know that when the sea grows red and cold, we stand forevermore. Those pirates thought that they would have the last laugh. That they could continue their plunder and their strife and their toil. But the crew of the Bennett does not bend lightly. And we sunk every last ship. Quite a lot of ships, yes. my father said. The Sunderland Trading Company. It's funny. Your father spent his life sinking the ships that you ended up taking job for. Hmm. It's a weird, cruel world, huh, Cree? Perhaps. But I don't hear any songs for the Lavatils upon the sea. She leans over to Adam as Cree continues to hum the tune and says, Well, he will be singing a song of blood soon. You will be the king. She kisses you on the cheek. We flash back to the stone hallway with the secret door. The flaming spirit of a phoenix soaring past the T-Rex, Zediac, Dutch, lighting up the pathway to a wounded and battered Shara running down the hallway. Dutch. Was my held action. Gonna pull out good old reliable fire. Sharpshooter. Real quick, as soon as I see her, I want to use my reaction to... How far away is she? This might change what I want to do. 80 feet. Oh, okay, never mind then. <laughs> Super fun. Sharpshooter. First good. <laughs> yeah, good uh, I do have good eye. But I think I need to say that beforehand. Unless of you, I will say before the roll, could I use my dead eye as my crit shot to get advantage? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> A lot better. <laughs> when the DM has pity for our knight, sure. You hit. And then for a second attack. Is that correct? Did you do it again? <laughs> Did it again. Alright, so. so the one gun, I believe the pepper box hits, and the pistol uh, misfires. Oh, no. So it doesn't break? It's broken until he can... Uh, cool. Away. So my, my pistol is broken. Oh. That's all I can fix it. So what's the damage on the first shot? He's an idiot. has that same problem, right? Uh, pistol don't shoot. Oh. 19. 19 damage? Yes. 
That's a uh, enough damage. You you clip her on the uh, left side this time through the uh, collarbone out the top, and she trips on a rock and goes prone. Gonna drag her out into the T Rex. I want to eat her. See, just quickly. I'm I'm out ahead. Right. Yeah, you're ahead. I'm gonna quickly just reload. Okay. Steady act. I move faster in the dark. Um, It's bright now. I'm outside of the. um, It's a giant phoenix. Is is the phoenix still there? It's just, just it's just like this blazing orange like cylinder through the whole hallway. Okay, that changes a little bit about what I was gonna do. Um, I'm going to use my full movement to get right next to her. So I'm basically standing over her. Okay. And that's all I can do. Well... And Johnny? Actually, it's not. I'm going to... Hmm. Yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to use my Blood Maledict to cast... Uh, or it's blood curse of the bind of the of binding. I haven't used this in a while, so I gotta pull up what it does. Uh, why are you not? Sorry. Yeah, Zodiac. Question. What would I have to exactly roll? So it's a DC equal to 8 plus the misfire score. So now a 9. Now it's, uh, I have to be a 9. So DC. Yeah, I just have to spend an action to do that. But I could do to use it. What are you looking for, Justin? It's called Blood Curse of the Eyeless, and it's it's uh, with my new phone. It's not where it is in my notes. Yeah. right there. Okay. Uh, it is a strength saving throw. Okay. Hopefully that works. And I am amplifying it, so I have to take damage. She's also prone, if that does anything. <laughs> Let's punch the mic. Yeah, sorry. Uh, four. Her speed is reduced. 
to zero, and she not, cannot take reactions for a minute. So she's just prone on the floor? And she gets a save at the end of each of her turns. Okay. Isaiah, mm -hmm. as a phoenix, take your turn. I'm in the hallway? Yep. Um... Uh, Phoenix will um, go straight over towards where um, she's on the ground and uh, <laughs> he's going to use uh, the peck attack which let's see piercing damage I still fire, <laughs> but I think that's like a plus a 13. It's insane. What is it? Is. She's prone, so you get advantage. That's true. Because of that crit, you know, <laughs> could happen. So he rolled a three, so yeah, you can get higher. Do you not know your password? No, it just keeps, because I have a power saving mode, so it keeps <laughs> stopping after like five seconds. Uh... Plus 13. But let's see what the other one is. Oh. Wow. 19. <laughs> uh, so that's a 32. Yeah. To hit. Yep. I don't know, man. Um, and then one with the fiery talons, one with the beak, one with the fiery talons. Um, that's a 25 to hit. Yep. Um, this is going to be some damage. Um, so it's 2d6. And... 2d8. Uh, Not bad. 5, 10, 14, 15, plus another 16, so that's 31 points of fire damage. And they're on fire. Burning. So, you guys shoot this, uh, girl down, Sheriff falls, she starts to turn into her doppelganger form. Zediac casts the eyeless spell so that she kind of uh, just binding. Binding of the eyeless. So she just kinda of like seizes up and then you see the spirit of Cal as a phoenix go and start pecking and taloning and ripping apart her as she just starts like her evil laugh and just kind of like burns into into ash. I imagined her screaming. Yeah, just kind of like <laughs> a screaming laugh. But <laughs> you you realize that she's like she's some sort of like demon. She's tied to the other worlds, and she just kind of like just like melts out. You kind of see like in the flames, like her hand kind of like come out to grab, but. It's just vapors out and shoots out to another plane. I'm fixing my gun after I see she's dead. I yeah, yeah. a natural 20. After the phoenix decimates Shara's human and doppelganger body, you see the flames kind of form into the humanoid form of Cal. 
Cal, do you have any last words to your friends before you fly off? He's going to um, look at Johnny. Goes down the hall by a lot. He can move 120 feet. Also, I was going to say, I would drop Polymorph and be walking in the hallway. So So it flies 120 feet to wherever Johnny is. He's going to stand there and in, like, primordial, he's going to say it very slowly. He's going to speak a few words, um, and I'll let you discover them later on. But he's going to say them very slowly and deliberately so you can, like, memorize them. Learn. Pen Island. (laughs) And then he's going to fly off and you'll hear some crashing and destruction. Now I've got to go learn Primordial. Specifically, Ignin. Man, i got too many jobs. (laughs) You are... Out of combat, Johnny, Dutch, Zediac. After I'm done fixing my gun, put it away. Uh, you could see in the dark, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put the torch away and just <laughs> pop my knuckles and punch Johnny straight in the jaw. Okay. Um, roll, I hit that. Yeah, roll. Say, roll attack. I'm not get, taking this line down. <laughs> Nat 20. <laughs> I see you know your judo well. <laughs> I see you know your... <laughs> oh, you don't go food. <laughs> 2 HP. <laughs> oh, that, those is are that, that's is that bludgeoning doubled? damage? Is that double? That's double. That's <laughs> is that bludgeoning damage? Uh, it is. It is. Like that, yeah. I take half. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's not about the damage, it's about the message. Yes. Yeah. However, it lands very well, but it just doesn't. You land so long, you're like, <sighs> oh, with a nat 20, I think he takes it like a champ. Yeah. That's two nat 20s in a row with this dice. Attaboy. Where were those when we needed the most? <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Hey, I rolled a nat 20, so I'm not actually going to complain about that. Dutch was not really necessary. Yes, it was. (laughs) Dutch steps out of the way. Zediac's going to walk up to Johnny. Yeah, he'll step out of the way so Johnny could... Or Zediac could say something. Uh, he's just gonna look at you. It's like, why? What were we supposed to do? You know as well as I do that she's the reason we're here. She's the one that we came here to stop. I saw an opportunity and I took it. I didn't want to leave them behind. And now I have to carry that. Isn't that enough? 
No, it's not. They didn't have to die. They didn't have to come. What in they, the Sam Hell answer is that? Weren't they your friends, your comrades? They came for you. And they knew what they were coming to do. They didn't know one of us know that you're gonna pull that shit in front of us. We all knew we were came in here to kill giants. We came here with a plan, and we were going to stick to a goddamn plan. And the plan was to stop the slave trade. She was responsible for the slave trade. Yes, trust me. It. I'm 100% aware to stop her, but none of us were ready for it. Zidia, did you, did, were you ready? Because I sure as hell wasn't. No. We had a chance to buy our time to get everyone out think it through and now Garg and Cal are dead and did you even did you even see them while you were running off did you happen to just take a look back and see what you were leaving behind no but I know that they died like heroes they didn't die like heroes. They died like any other rabbit in the forest. They would have died as heroes if it would have meant something, if there was no other way. And I guess it's it's a fitting end of the Faithful Jaegers. That, that name means nothing anymore. And I'm going to walk out of the tunnel. Are you going to be a leader of anything? I sure as hell don't want to follow you. He'll follow Zediac. I'll throw a rocket Dutch. <laughs> Screw that it? guy. You want it? God. <laughs> You want it? Yeah! Go ahead, roll to attack. First fair. First fair. I hope it missed. <laughs> <laughs> it missed. That's like an 11. It like goes ding, 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 like on the ground. You just hear as just you a sad, angry kid. No looking, but you just hear it. Gun cock, and that's it. Zediac and uh, Dutch, you get back out to the main hallway. You jerk! You leave Johnny standing next to within 30 feet a dead sheriff. What we all seem to think was the mission. It was obvious that she, the body died, but there was something else that... Yeah, that she maybe was... uh, Tied to a physical form here, but maybe she, her actual spirit was to another plane. Mm-hmm. Her allegiance was to Orcus, and maybe that's where she returned. That's mm-hmm. what you would assume. Zediac, specifically because of knowing things about undead and otherworldly things, yeah. that you think that her spirit is still alive in some aspect somewhere else. Dutch and Zediac, you get back out past the secret door. 
You can go left towards the two split green hallways, or you can go right back into the Remoraz Den. Those are your options. Yeah. And neither of you saw the number one get. No. Star Spangled Bandered. <laughs> I know this isn't my group. I know this is a lot more than the hell you signed up for, but I vote to uh, still look for the missing companions. It's still on Twilight. But, and Twilight's daughter, you say that she has, which, ah, cool. Um, but I think you two definitely need a rest before we can find anything else. This is what I signed up for, and I'm... Well, sure is dead. Uh, and, well, dead here. I think that's still... Just because she's dead doesn't mean these giants will now not listen to her orders. I'm aware. No, I'm not sure what to do. But there's there's no group, there's no ties to anything. I told was it Banjo, right? Mm-hmm. I told him that we would take care of this slave crisis to the best of our ability as far as we know the head of the snake's cut off and that's good enough for me I'm going to ask you if you I understand if you don't want to anymore and I would not blame you But I need I need to know my nieces are still here and alive. Is the right now is the only thing I'm fine for right now. And I much as I do it normally, I don't want to find something else to fight for. As much as I looks over at Johnny, he's the only way that can contact them too. How much do you trust your gut that Estella's still alive? That's all I got. Until we know for sure otherwise, I will help you find find them. But after that, I have my own things I need to take care of. On my own. If you're in your motley crew of a gang, I, my gang, I will cut you a discount. <laughs> Says they're kind of a joking manner. 
but I understand some things are some things you have to just do by yourself. Nah, I don't blame you. Dutch uh, and um... real quick, with without looking back to him, but. I'll just say loud, loud enough in the um, the cavern for Johnny to hear. I'll just say, Johnny, we still have to find Estella in Twilight. And I'll just start walking towards the green, shimmering side away from the Remoraz. You follow? I'm going to turn to see if Johnny follows and wait for him. Johnny? Yeah, Johnny, he's in no rush, but he'll he'll go. And as soon as I know Dutch realizes, he'll just follow Zodiac. Okay. Zodiac, you're up in the front. I'll have you do this then. Roll a perception check. Oh, I'm good at Oh, that was rude. That was really rude. Uh, 15. 15. Would have been a 23, but had a slow... Slow decline. Slow decline. You start to hear a jumbled echo of talking from the left hall. Okay. How do you want what? to proceed? Well, what language? Common. Common. Okay. Throw Dutch. <laughs> um. Throw tactic doesn't work. Check. <laughs> Put that in I notes. will. Um, Probably, yeah. Do I get it? Can I roll insight to see if I can pick out what the the language, or not the language, but like what the energy of what the words are being said? Yeah. So we'll have you roll a separate one for that. Yeah. Ooh, that is uh, twenty six. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, you could use uh, insight or investigation if that's a better check for you. Mm-mm. Okay, insight's better. So twenty-six mm-hmm. <clears throat> sounds like a jumbled group of mixed male and female, and they seem to be trying to be hushed, but they're not. Okay, <laughs> me all the time. <laughs> um, shut up! No, you. Shut I up. will. Keep my hand on the dagger, and I'll take take the whip out and uh, walk towards the voices, but quietly. Okay. So you get to the actual yeah. fork of the two, and you could start seeing emulated shadows kind of coming up black on the mm-hmm. green walls as it illuminates. And it appears to be um, five figures mm-hmm. you, I will, I'll be ready but not hostile the voices start to become quiet they go, shh, 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 shh. I think I hear something mom I'll just say, we know you're there. It's all right. We're not here to hurt. 
you hear a voice of a familiar little girl. Sediak, is that you? Uh, little girl, it's not okay to talk to strangers. And I don't recognize that voice, I'm assuming. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I will... Neither does the other Russian. <laughs> <laughs> I will get a little closer to... See, I mean, I, I do have dark vision at this point. If it's not... Yeah. Or if it's low light, I can still see. Um, do I recognize who the voices you recognize it as sparrow's voice oh i'm a puppet kid and i'm just gonna say to dutch i don't know if this is good or bad but (laughs) probably what we're looking for as soon as he says good or bad he goes to hold to go for his holster said we probably found what we're looking for he goes wait what (laughs) and i will i'll walk up to the so You just see the shadow of Sparrow walking as she kind of put... You you only see her shadow coming around the bend. And she sees you and says, Just you? For the moment. We have my mother and some friends are here. We've been looking for you. Is Estella with you? Um, and as soon as you say that, you notice that she's carrying her staff. Ashley Dutch is carrying her staff. No. No. No? The... Her, oh, her other staff. Her other staff. Oh, yeah. Come on, Derek, catch up. <laughs> catch up. You, know, you don't have an inventory list? Are actually that attached to Estella? Gosh. So. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. 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 Not in a moment like this. All right, I got I to gotta get up and... <clears throat> uh, you see the Goliath Zornikov, um, shield in hand. Um, his sword has been scabbard. Puts his hand kind of like trying to reach down without <laughs> bending over too much on the girl's shoulder. But he's looking at you. Mm-hmm. He goes, I, I had to be the one to break the bad news, but um, the Estella is no longer with us. It's okay, child. And you see, I'm like... Gonna, I'm gonna look back and see yeah. if Dutch You see is... a, a tear, like, coming down from Sparrow, mm-hmm. so she's, like, trying to wipe it really quickly. Soon after, Twilight kind of comes up and says, Oh, hi, Zodiac. Don't know if you remember me. I do. Where's the rest of you? I don't mean that disappointingly. Are you the... (laughs) We've had our losses. I'm not the only one, but... At the very least, I might have a surprise for you. What do you mean? I will gesture and lead them back to Johnny and Dutch. So, Hmm. Twilight and Sparrow... Hey, girl! ...come out. And at this point, you would see them. I don't know... 
When was when was the last time Twilight saw you? How old was she? I mean, that's up to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm Dutch has maybe, always known what she's looked like. Yeah, I'm gonna say little. Like she wouldn't have remembered. She probably would and, see her. He, yeah, he, he faint, like, like, oh, he looks familiar. From right? Like yeah. maybe she's like, I, I kind of know him. That one random stranger that always pops up places. Yeah. So yeah, t- Twilight <laughs> comes out. And at this point, sees Johnny coming about 50 feet behind this unknown man. And Ouch. Um, I, Zediac, was under the impression that, they, that like Dutch like knew her. Well, he I does. Mean, he knows. Dutch knows she her. She doesn't know. And, and that that was like a mutual, like two-way street there, not like nope. creepy stalker on Yeah, and she kind of is like a... Just creepy. Zeddy, do, do I know you, sir? probably don't and I take full responsibility for that name is Dutch Dutch Kowalski brother of Ash my mother I thought you were we thought you were dead I thought my whole family was dead I I guess now is as good a time as ever, right? <laughs> he opens the flask and goes to take a drink and then remembers. Dang. That was the last time I interacted with Cal. And closes it, doesn't take a drink. Oh! Oh, I'm gonna go take a break. <laughs> I am. Uh... Your mother made me promise her to look out for you from afar <laughs> I mean if I would have adopted you fully back up <laughs> your mother had twins there was a Stella which I'm waiting for her to come around the corner any second and you your father didn't know about that your mother's had you two separated to at least give one of you a better chance at life the father only knew one of you one of you were born birthed he the bastard wasn't around he didn't care cause your mother and I are humans I promised her that I would look out for you and that's made sure you were okay in the orphanage you know those let's say care packages you would get Every so often? Yeah, I remember that. That was, uh... I couldn't let you live the life that I'm living right now. I'm no father material. Sure as hell ain't no uncle material. But as soon as I heard you were missing, I had to make sure you were okay. And you could hate me, you could not want to get to know me, I totally understand. But I did make a promise to your mother to look after you. And uh, she's like really overwhelmed by this and Sparrow as well. is kind of like holding on to her mom, kind of like trying not to cry, but just burying her face in her mom's side. And you could tell that they were just in a savage combat. 
they're beat to hell. And she was like, Stella didn't make it. And I feel like it's my fault that she didn't make it. I found out that dad was here and that he was still alive. And I wanted, I wanted to take vengeance on all the things he did to us when we were kids. So I had Estella leave her friends, her real family, to come and help. And all I did was end up getting us in trouble. You see, my daughter, she's got, she's got special abilities. She's, well, I was taken advantage of by some evil forces. The same forces that are running this place. And let's just say that the demon lord that is trying to resurface on this plane is her father. She is a demigod. She doesn't know how to control it. So sometimes she gets away from me. And I begged Estelle to help me. Help me get her back under control. And we ended up in a pocket dimension. And we were overran. And that's the last we saw her. We ran into these statue-like figures and she was able to free them and they've been able to help us along but I feel like now everything I've done was for nothing and you'll try to take a step and cautiously because he knows the circumstance the situation Embrace her in a hug. If she allows him. She allows it. And as you embrace Twilight, Sparrow puts her arm around you. And I'll whisper in her ear and say, Cast power or kill. It is not your fault. And I swear on my life, I will keep my promise to your mother. And let's go and goes down to Sparrow and get, like kneels down to her right and offers his hand. And I'll extend that to you too. And she says, I see you have a similar staff. Just like my aunt. And I know that you will change the world. And she puts her hand in yours. I'll generally place my other hand on hers. Just hold it for a second. And then he reaches back for the staff and hands it to her. I'm no good with these. I ain't no magic person. She takes it, slams it in the ghost. Everyone's We all just get tased. And he gives her a little bit of a hug. And he stands up. And he wipes what you believe is something underneath his eye and goes, 
All right, Zedia, let's get out of here. I didn't know these hallways could ring. And uh, as you make that comment, Johnny, you finally catch up to the back and you see Twilight. And then Yuri, Zornikov, and Krupp come up from the hallways. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>